Hello and welcome to the seventh episode of Romance Isn't Dead. I'm Sally. And I'm Ray. Today we have a cage match, aka the Battle of the Blondes. In one corner, in the purple dress and with so very, very long hair, we have Rapunzel. And in the other, in a blue, no, now it's pink, dress. She appears to be dozing off. You got it. It's Sleeping Beauty. So place your bets, ladies and gentlemen. Who's going to be our winner today? Yes, today we are looking at two tropes. One is that of the damsel in distress and her complete opposite, the self-rescuing princess. Um, yeah. Yeah. Here we go. I, oh, well, when you were little, did you dream of a prince coming to rescue on a big white steed, telling you you were beautiful and he wanted to take you to his palace where you could get all the jewels and the love that you deserve, especially if you'd had a really crummy childhood? Well, oh dear. Why are you calling me out? (laughs) I feel called out. I'm not calling you out. I'm calling out everyone and me included. I feel really (laughs) called out, man. This is hard for me. You know, that's that's a good point, uh, actually, um, because who doesn't dream of being rescued at some point? Um, But things really have changed a lot, I think. Uh, Oh, you know we're sort of raising our girls to, you know, rescue themselves. And, and, and it's not, there's anything wrong with this fantasy of being rescued, but I think we're sort of putting in the whole idea that you don't need someone else into our romance. So maybe our girls and future generations don't have to sort of get around this idea of somehow they need someone to rescue them at all times. it's a nice fantasy, though. I mean, you think yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah. And you've got you're sitting there doing your homework, mm-hmm. thinking, "Oh my god, why do I have to be doing this? Why? Algebra. Why is why? Yeah, why is algebra so important? Am I ever going to use it again? No. To answer everybody, no, you're not. Unless you're Sheldon Cooper, perhaps. Well, Are you actually, Sheldon Cooper? you know what? You know what? My daughter Please rides say horses. You've used it. My daughter, my daughter rides horses, and apparently. You use algebra when you are plotting out a jumping course. Okay. When you ride horses. I, I don't know. I don't use algebra. But then no, again, I, I teach history for a living, so... And I write about cars. <laughs> no algebra. And I really don't... No, no algebra. It's just words. Mm-hmm. And occasionally um, filling my head with the information about beautiful cars and I don't drive so, <laughs> go figure but oh no. wow <laughs> yeah I know uh as I said go figure it's the weirdest thing ever and it does get a lot of laughs <laughs> quite a lot of laughs that's pretty funny what actually do, yeah, what do you do for a living I write about cars and I admire them but I don't have a driving license anyway <laughs> it is <laughs> it is it is a core fantasy I think of every well, almost every little girl growing up that mm. somebody's come along and tell them that they're incredibly beautiful and it's normally when they're doing something they don't want to do for me it was studying Pythagoras theorem um and I'd fantasize about someone climbing in through my window which dear god that would not happen and if it did happen scream and call the police right. um exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. Call the police. This is an emergency. Yes. True emergency. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Someone's just climbed in my bedroom window. But that's what I, I fantasized about. Someone just saving me from the things I didn't want to do. It wasn't. So I'm incredibly independent. And as Beyonce says, independent women um, and Buffy, 
perfect mm. example of an independent blonde who saves herself. Mm. But it was the fantasy growing up. You wanted to be a princess in a tower, well, not in a tower, with a crown and all the beautiful dresses. And mm-hmm. maybe you wanted to just be Cher Horowitz from Clueless. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wardrobe. Mm-hmm. No, but you did. You yeah. wanted to be rescued or something. Yeah, no, I get it. And you know what? I don't think there's anything wrong with enjoying that and having that as a fantasy. I don't. I don't. And, and in general, I try not to judge um, about any kind of like fantasy or whatever, because you know what? That's what fiction's for. It's a safe space for you to enjoy things that you would maybe not enjoy in real life. And so, you know, let's try to not judge people for enjoying things in a fictional setting, right? And let's try not to um, make assumptions about people and what they enjoy in a fictional setting. So that's kind of how I think of those things. Um, But, you know, it's neither here nor there, really. Um, I I think we need to sort of say why we think that Rapunzel is a self-rescuing princess, um, because she does have that stereotypical, I want my life to begin kind of thing going on, especially, and we're, yeah. uh, we're talking about the iteration of Rapunzel that appears entangled specifically. Right. Yeah. So, I've been waiting for so many years for this film. Right. I can remember going to see, um, good grief. I remember going to see so many Disney films in the cinema when I was, a, when I was a kid and it was, we're talking the proper original animations here. So Pinocchio and, Sleeping Beauty and then not the not so animated Mary Poppins mm-hmm. because the in our childhood years there was a dearth of Disney. Yeah, there were the the when our when we were kids there the princess era was not in full swing. Um, <laughs> it didn't exist. Yeah, it was it was it was on <laughs> indefinite hiatus. <laughs> yeah, it was. Anyway, so we'd go and every single summer, our local cinema would show a Disney film or two, and it used to be the older ones, so Alice in Wonderland, Pinocchio, and I can remember saying to my mum and to friends, I love Rapunzel because I loved her hair. Mm -hmm. I loved the idea. I mean, I had very long hair, and I always wanted to be able to, I suppose in a way, I wanted to have adventures with it, which is what the Rapunzel Entangled does. She has adventures and her hair actually facilitates some of them. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a lifeline. It's a weapon. Yeah. It's any number of things. It's magical. <laughs> yeah. No, no, you're right. You're right. And it lights up, but she doesn't tell them early enough. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, so in my head, she's a self-rescuing princess because when the guy does climb into her bedroom, rather than screaming and, you know, running away or whatever she attacks him with her frying pan and then she promptly blackmails him into getting him to do what she wants him to what her to do which is be her guide show her uh the way to get to the the floating lanterns and and then along the way she um, she's the one who gets them out of all the all the things, right? And so, um, and including some of that's that, her naivety, yeah, 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 and and including that whole lighting lit lit up hair thing. So I'm looking at her, and I feel like she does a fairly good job of of rescuing herself. And at the end, 
obviously they're spoilers for Tangled, right? They're going to be spoilers for Sleeping Beauty here. <laughs> um, at the end, her prince, who's not really a prince, right? I mean, he's just, he's, he's a common guy. He's actually an but- orphan. She saves him. Right. He comes to try to save her. But in the I guess they save each other, don't they? Yeah. But that's the thing. I mean, it's interesting they chose the name they did for him. Mm -hmm. Because he was Fitzherbert. Son of Herbert. Yeah. But Fitz is normally the name given to the illegitimate child of someone in nobility. Oh, like Henry's son, Fitzhugh. Yes, exactly. So that does beg the question whether he is nobility or not. Though it's irrelevant in this situation, he is. I like that little subtext, though. Yeah, exactly. And I do wonder if they use that intentionally. And I was thinking about that. I watched this. I watched Tangled last weekend because I had nothing to do. Um, And... It did. It did have me wondering a little bit. I was because I mean we're both a bit uh, sort of history nuts, Sally, far more so than me. But that is something I paid a lot of attention to when reading history. That makes sense. That makes sense. Naming conventions. It was a very mm-hmm. interesting name choice to make, and it's not something that everybody would pick up on when watching a Disney movie because it's not there necessarily to be picked up on as a mm-hmm. prime thing. Mm-hmm. However, she does rescue him in a way. She saves his life. Right. And But he is trying to save hers. And he does save hers yeah. as well, really, because he yes. keeps her from being kidnapped by the evil crone, in this case. Um, also an archetype from everything, right? The crone. Yeah. The um, evil queen, mm-hmm. the wicked witch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she crimes. even has the dark hair and mm-hmm. everything else. It's interesting and, that her hair turns brown as if to indicate it's dead. And, but that's not, speaking as a brunette, I'm like, that's really not fair. But, you know, it's whatever. Uh, but her mother, her actual mother had brown hair. So it makes yeah, sense. That, brunette. Yeah. So um, and then Sleeping Beauty, we're saying that she is the damsel in distress. Why oh, do we say Lord. that? Because she's useless. <laughs> Bless she's, her heart. She is the epitome of, for me anyway, the epitome of insipid, weak, (laughs) immature, and so far away from the woman seeking independence that you can find. I think she is, for me, the only reason we didn't use Snow White in this is because we wanted the blondes. And... For me, her and Snow White are much of a muchness. And this is the Disney iteration of Snow White, not the iteration that you find in Snow White and the Huntsman, because that's a total other kettle of fish. Mm -hmm. That might be something to talk about, actually, one day. It's sort of Disney's iteration of, of, say, Snow White versus Snow White and the Huntsman or more recent. Yeah, but then that's worth watching for one thing. (laughs) You're not wrong. But, I, I mean, I just... I'm just saying as a, as sort of, it, it, it demonstrates the change in the messaging for girls, I think. Yeah, and, definitely. And, and that's, that in and of itself is worth noting. And, and sort of the romance of, like, do you have to have romance or whatnot? And of course, being that we are the Romance Isn't Dead podcast, we would tell you that, yes, you absolutely need romance. But, um, 
or at least I would, but you know, hey, it is neither here nor there. <laughs> um, so um, I'm not quite as hard on Snow White as you are. Uh, let's be fair, she's only 16, but this is set in what, 13th, 14th century? So yeah. that would have been. They'd have been married with three kids by that point. Yeah, it, it would have. It would have, she would have been of marriageable age, certainly. I don't know about three kids, but um, she would have been of marriageable age at that point. And um, I think that that's, I think that that's um, important. Um, <laughs> I think that that's important. And I apologize for that noise in the background. I'm not sure what my husband is building in my bathroom, but um, anyway, we're going to move that's along. Good to think. Yeah. <laughs> I think he's decided to renovate this morning. So, um, at any rate, um, she is young. She is young. Let's just say that. And um, she does have sort of this someday when a prince will come uh, mentality going on. And again, we're talking about the iteration of Sleeping Beauty that you find in the original uh, animated version, not the Maleficent version, where that's... Romance that's isn't a whole really, different, yeah. It's, that's it's, a whole different type of love. Yeah, and it's an interesting thing, and for people who don't want romance to be a thing, then that is their jam, but we are not those people. So, with that, um, with that, I, I don't know what else to say. Um, <laughs> I think... In a fictionalized world, I enjoy the fantasy of someone coming and taking me away. It's kind of like, you know, Calgon take me away thing, um, which is an old ad from the 80s or 90s. What are you talking the the washing stuff that yeah. you put in? You put in your washing machine and it cleans up. Oh, dear. It cleans up the pipes on a washing machine. <laughs> a descaler, right? No, 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 no. Not that. Calgon Take Me Away is like a, a, a bubble bath or whatever. And that was that was the uh, that was an ad in like the 80s and 90s that they would play during soap operas during the day. So if you grew up in the States and grandma took care of you during the day instead of going to daycare, you would be watching her afternoon stories. Um, inevitably, so you'd all go in the parlor and you would watch Days of Our Lives and Another World and all that. And the ads were and all geared towards stay-at-home moms. And, and one of they them, are an epitome right, of fairy so, tales. Right. So, Calgon, take me. Calgon was a was a bubble bath basically to <laughs> relax people. So, anyway, um, well, you've got a very different definition of Calgon to us. <laughs> Calgon here is is a descaler for washing machines. Okay, no, not that. But anyway, Calgon, that would be a terrifying Calgon take me away. This is this is much, much nicer than that. But the the whole idea of of someone coming to rescue you and to like get rid of the cares and so you can just be rescued and you can wear the pretty things and I'm a complete magpie show me all the pretty jewels um to me that that especially as a kid that was just this wonderful wonderful fantasy of mine that someone was going to come up and, and tell me oh no your life is actually much better than this and and take me away from the terror, the horror that was, yeah. you know, sweeping the front porch or whatever. Yeah. So, how many people haven't fantasized about? Um, I mean, now it's the joke of, oh well, um, don't worry. Well, it used to be the joke of, don't worry, Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt can come and adopt you. 
Mm. But in my childhood, it was, oh, Elizabeth Taylor's my mother because her jewellery was stunning. Uh, But that was the fantasy if you had a really, um, if you were mostly, if you were sort of feeling a little bit low or things hadn't gone your way, you'd had a bad day at school. It was, oh, this isn't my life. It can't be my life. Someone Mm. come and take me away, which harks on to sort of things like um, the Labyrinth movie Mm, with mm -hmm. Sarah saying oh um take me away from this life so um, much unfortunately imagery in that oh yeah and i watched that the other day as well and talk about there's so many very 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 odd questions that come of that film but that can be at a later date <laughs> the subtext there man Woo, nelly oh yeah no just read the sequels and you'll discover a whole other world oh boy <laughs> Anyway, back to our blondes. For me, Rapunzel is the, not the ideal, but one of the ideals when it comes to the idea of the modern Disney princess. Mm -hmm. If you watch, um, I think the perfect scene for this, and um, I'll put a link into the video clip below, is the scene in um, Ralph Wrecks the Internet. Okay. Where the princesses are talking and they summarize what makes Penelope a Disney princess mm-hmm. with the um and when you've got Rapunzel saying something along the lines of oh and a man comes along and thinks he's got all the right ideas mm-hmm. or words to that effect. Mm-hmm. And Penelope is obviously thinking of Ralph and his well I know better than you when she says yes and it's oh she is a princess. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Because they've all got that same thing with the man comes to rescue you and he knows it all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think um, Rapunzel Entangled doesn't need Eugene or Flynn to know everything because she's not, though she's not street smart, she is intelligent, she knows what she wants. And she's going to do everything she can to get it, including mm-hmm. manipulate Flynn into taking her to where she needs to be. But once, but she does manage to rescue them from the insane guys in the bar. From and the crazy thinking, horse. Yeah, he's thinking that taking her to the crazy horse is going to be um, this she's going to change her mind about wanting to be the snuggly duckling. Yeah, exactly. She's going to, she's going to be um, persuaded not to carry on the journey because they're going to frighten her. And she Mm -hmm. ends up making them all friends and they end up rescuing him Mm -hmm. from what is to be his execution. Mm -hmm. So she is the powerhouse behind it all. He's the Mm -hmm. one guiding the way, but she's the one standing behind him, decking people with her frying pan. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. And, and that then, for me makes her really strong. Right. And and that to me is awesome. Um yeah. and you know, it's one of those movies that I don't mind having on in the background. <laughs> um <laughs> more so than a lot of other movies. And yeah. I my, cried when I saw it. <laughs> yeah. My girls really liked Rapunzel or Tangled, I should say. And for me that's a that's a that's the acid test. Did my did my girls who this movie was aimed at right? This movie's aimed at. That was for me. Uh, <laughs> it was for me. You're right. 
it was for you. They did it all for you. But as yes. a side benefit, my small girls liked it. <laughs> I've been wanting this movie for so many years. It was for me. I deny I, anybody else saying it was for them. But in all seriousness, though, I think it is, she is, I think, more of a princess for a modern age. Yeah. Right. Definitely. So, and I think the image or the thing that they were, I don't know, maybe they were, maybe they weren't. But to me, it really does give, um, it really does sort of update this notion of a princess. Like she doesn't have to be, um, she doesn't have to be rescued by anyone. And, and every time someone trots out that old saw about how, how Disney's not helpful for young girls, cause they're just implying that, uh, girls need that they're, they're telling girls they need to be rescued. I always trot out tangled and go, really? Cause that's not what happened here. And that's yeah, not what exactly. happened in, you know, a litany of other movies that have been out and, and, but then I suppose they are looking at the films that came out. I mean, going back to our childhood, there was one Disney princess who isn't actually classed as a Disney princess, even though her title was princess. And that that was um, the Black Cauldron, I think, that came out in 1985. And they had a character called Princess Elonwy. She was the only princess we actually got who is no longer classed as a Disney princess in the classic state of affairs. She was the only one that we got in our childhood mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because the next princess that came out was in 1989 mm-hmm. when I was, I was in my mid teens mm-hmm. and that was Ariel mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. the little mermaid. And then of course we got, and um, she just wanted to be different. She just didn't want to yeah. know who she was, which that's another. Kettle of fish entirely. Yeah, literally kettle of fish in this case. Um, so we had a, we, they, we had a real dark period where there was nothing mm-hmm. because I know that Sally will say, but we had princess Leia. Yeah, but she, wasn't was Disney. Ni- she wasn't Disney at that time. And that was 1983. The mm. last time we of saw that, her yeah. yeah the last iteration of um star wars came out in 1983 when but she's very was... much a self-rescuing princess though oh she really is but she didn't become disney until the noughties so yeah no, no. She, she now she counts but she didn't when we were kids yeah no no absolutely i i, I wouldn't argue with you at, at, at all about that i just um i just think that <clears throat> I just think that Rapunzel and this whole idea of a self-rescuing princess is, is um, sort of the modern age of princess romances. And and for me, I would also say that I don't mind the damsel in distress story because I think that exploring those kind of fantasies, again, in a safe space in fiction, it's the perfect place to yeah, it's better than them things. actually going out to seek it. Right. And so for me, it, it's just, it's the best place for it and it's a safe space. And so if what is fiction for if it's not to provide you with a safe space for fantasy and things like that? So I absolutely still love my damsels in distress, although some of them are too stupid to live. Um, <laughs> I didn't mean to say that out loud. I apologize. But 
you know, I, I don't mind having that story as a thing. I just prefer, I prefer the self-rescuing princess. Um, Ray, are you in agreement? Oh, yeah. Well, different, different point of view. I was never, I have to be honest, I was never a massive fan of, in fact, I hated the tale of Snow White with a passion, even as a child. Mm-hmm. Never liked it. Sleeping Beauty, the Disney version is much better than the Grimm's fairy tale version. Mm-hmm. Like a hundred. That is gruesome. Oh my gosh, it's, it's don't terrible. Ever read that, don't ever read that to your children. Terrible. Honestly, it's horrific. Oh um, my gosh, talk about. <laughs> yeah, talk about giving somebody nightmares. How to wake a princess up who's been asleep for a hundred years, get her pregnant, and have her wake up while she's giving birth. Yeah, labor That's, pains. That's not yeah. a great way to wake up. Period. I promise. <laughs> been there, done that. Yeah, that is the grim fairy tale version. <sighs> so don't read that to your children. But. I was never, I don't know if it's because I grew up in a very, very strong female household mm-hmm. um, or because I was always determined to be different, but I never warmed to the earlier Disney princesses that we had. Mm-hmm. And I lo- I think that I grew up in an era where, well, we both did the era of the teenage movie with the romance. Mm-hmm. But the girls were quite sarcastic. Mm-hmm. It was it was more <laughs> along the lines of um, Catherine in the Taming of the Shrew than it was um, like the women. You know what I mean? We were Portia and Catherine yes. rather than Juliet. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Far more so. If you want to get intellectual. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Portia was one of my Portia was one of my favorites, especially in The Merchant of Venice. But. We had that, um, I think. I, I, I like Beatrice myself, but anyway. <laughs> well, I mean, I she did. Was I prefer st- Beatrice to whatever her insipid name was. But go ahead. I'm sorry. I interrupted. I'm losing the flow. Uh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> it's not your fault. I'm looking out and it's going to rain. Um, but it was, a, it was a case for me anyway that I loved the strong women who were determined were independent I mean even reading I loved I I started reading books that were totally inappropriate for my age quite young so we had the strong female hero uh, female leads who didn't depend on a man they had relationships but they were in charge of their own destiny Mm-hmm. And I think that's where we get to with the self-rescuing princess versus mm-hmm. the damsel in distress. The self-rescuing princess is totally in charge of what she does with her life. I mean, Rapunzel was in charge of where she went. She knew where she wanted to go and she was going to get there come hell or high water. Mm-hmm. Even yeah. if it meant she had to manipulate someone into getting her there. But right. she, totally and she was willing, and, and she, Yeah, and she was willing to defy her you know, her crone, her mother figure to do it. And that, I mean, that's a deeper discussion for another time, I think. But, um, but I do find it, um, I do find it interesting and I find it, I find it helpful. And I I like, I like her. So. I I love, I love Rapunzel. I love the way they, they portrayed her. And I love the fact that Flynn was kind of arrogant and self-assured. Mm-hmm. 
but he became more human as he as the journey went on and there wasn't also also for me it wasn't that instantaneous I'm going to fall in love with this person they got mm-hmm. to know each other mm-hmm. rather mm-hmm. than kind of like was it Hans and Anna in Frozen they met each other and instantaneously because well we know that he was a bad guy but mm-hmm. they were getting married all of a sudden and it was instant and mm-hmm. Cinderella and Prince Charming and Philip and Aurora and Snow White and what was the name of her prince? I can't remember. <laughs> He's just they, Prince Charming. Snow White is just Prince Charming. So who was? Oh yeah, I, and but so was Prince Charming in Cinderella, right? Yeah, they're just charming. Yeah, so imaginative. Um, but those were instantaneous relationships. It wasn't a case of taking time, getting to know each other, going through adventures together, risking each other. There was just that instantaneous snap and they were together. Mm-hmm. And that to me is what I think stalled the stories and makes them not less acceptable because anyone can watch what they want and like what they want. We're not here to judge. But it made them less relatable for today, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. unless you're a celebrity. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, okay. So I think today, I think it will be much easier for you to find books and other stories that actually have sort of the self-rescuing princess vibe than it would be to find the damsel in distress thing. Of course, you can, you know, you can find it all. Just a simple Amazon search will send you down whatever rabbit hole you would. Or a charity store or a secondhand bookshop. In fact, those are probably the best places to find them. True. True. I hadn't thought about that. But, yeah, so if you're out and about and you're looking for a damsel in distress story, you can find them. But, you know, your old mills in Boone, I think, and Harlequin here in the States, there there are a lot of stories that are... um. Oh, rich man takes away the young girl or young woman who's in distress or whatever. You you can find yep. those stories still if oh, that yeah, is you your can. thing. Yep, Susan Napier, um, Carol Mortimer, Miranda Lee, all of those and a multitude of others. They all have that kind of storyline to them, yeah. and so do a lot of old historicals too. Oh yes, of course, of course. So yeah, those stories are not. Um, those stories are actually fairly thick on the ground if you start looking for them. So it's still a trope that if you enjoy it, you can you can find your fix. And um, I would love to hear from any of our listeners if they've got a favorite, whether it's self-rescuing uh, princess or or damsel in distress. What's your favorite of those? You know that would be yep. that would be a good we, question. And it, we do have a poll on our Twitter feed at the moment, who, mm-hmm. which is kind of asking the same thing. But instead of saying self-rescuing princess versus damsel in distress, it says Rapunzel, who is your self-rescuing princess, and Sleeping Beauty, who is the damsel. Okay. So if you get on Twitter, would you please be happy to click a button for us? We appreciate it. Um, now, now, uh, I think, do we have anything else to say? Uh, no, but we are going to be talking about our book of the Fortnite. Right. Which was your choice. My choice. And um, this time out, I went for a book that neither Ray nor I had read. Um, 
And uh, it's Julia Quinn's latest book called The Other Miss Bridgerton. And I had read the Bridgerton series before and I had enjoyed most of them. So I thought, hey, let's give this a go. <laughs> and um, I've started it and it is actually set a little bit before the Regency period in 1796. And I haven't finished it yet, but um, thus far it seems fairly true to form for Julia Quinn. And... Um, I think we're going to have an interesting discussion about this one. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I've never read a Julia Quinn. Really? Yeah, I've, so this was my first foray, kind of like the Nalini Singh thing. Okay. This is my first foray. I am doing my job. You are indeed. Well, I, we're doing the same for the next one. Um, well, I'm doing the job for the next one because it's one of my favorite authors. But for this one, I've never read a Julia Quinn before. Mm-hmm. So this is a new experience for me. In fact, it's the first pre or regency era book i've read in quite a while mm-hmm. um and the first thing that struck me and we will be talking about this in far more detail next week the first thing that struck me is that it has a similar storyline start to a Gianna Lindsay, which we will be covering later on can i tell you this though go for it julia quinn and stephanie lawrence they do all the tropes all the tropes. I love it. This There's only one bed. Her reputation is going to be compromised and you have to marry her or else her reputation is going to be in ruins and da-da. all the tropes. And that is totally my jam. So here we go. Here we go. So anyway, um, I think that's it for today. Are we good? Yep, I think so. Perfect, perfect. If you need to find the podcast, Ray, where can they find us? Oh, oh my God. We are in so many places now. We just launched on YouTube yesterday. So go ahead and subscribe. Oh, my gosh. Um, You can find us under Romance Isn't Dead. You'll recognize our little icon. And um, I spent some time yesterday putting up the previous six episodes. Mm -hmm. This one will be up and live on there after it's launched everywhere else mm-hmm. um we're also on podbean mm-hmm. at romance not dead mm. i think um i will again <laughs> i'll put the links in twitter we're on twitter we're on goodreads we are on um wordpress um Um, I'm trying to think I think that is it so and of course you can find Sally on her Twitter account as well yes you can find me on Twitter just my personal account at Palmetto Blue and uh, I I tweet there about Star Wars and romance and things like that because Star Wars is romance to me but anyway that's another story entirely (laughs) that I'll argue with other people about and um, anyway We look forward to hearing from you and please feel free to come follow us and answer our questions and maybe even just chit chat with us because we are not scary. Um, I would like to sign out today by saying romance isn't dead. It's alive and well on our bookshelves. And Ray, what would you like to say to our loyal listeners? Keep on searching for your happily ever after. All right. Y'all have a great week. Bye. Bye.